We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Hey everyone, it's Tony. Before we get into tonight's show, I just want to remind you once again to go to your favorite podcatcher, hit subscribe, and leave us a happy review. You know those happy reviews help us rise in the charts so more people can enjoy the show just like you. When you're done doing that, go to Facebook and Twitter and give us a follow and a like. We also have a new Facebook fan page where you can join the conversation about these shows. I would really encourage everybody to go join that group. If you want to be on the show, there's two ways to go about doing that. You can either email me directly at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the website, which is theconfessionalspodcast.com. Go to the connection section and you can email me that way as well. I really hope everybody enjoys the show. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for for the rest of the night. You guys hear that? Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Tony Merkel, and I'm really glad that you're here. Before we get into the interview, I want to give a quick shout out to Mystery Podcast. Mystery Podcast is an awesome show that goes into short stories of mysterious things. The host is John Fight, F-I-T-E, Fight. He's doing a great job narrating these stories and sharing them with the public so people can enjoy them as well. My favorite story so far was the story titled The Coma. That story is jaw-dropping, and I absolutely enjoyed listening to it. I busted through all those episodes this week, and I encourage you to go and listen to it as well. Now, tonight's show, we're going to bring on Art. Art, back in 1982, saw a UFO one night when he was with his girlfriend. What he saw was very, very big and very, very close. Let's bring on Art and talk to him about what he saw that night. Hey, Art, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Tony. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm really glad you took the time to speak with me. I know we kind of connected randomly on Facebook. Uh, I believe you were commenting in a thread that I was commenting in, and you mentioned that you had an encounter, and I just my ears perked up, and I, I contacted you, and we kind of exchanged information and stuff. Uh, I'm really glad you, you know, agreed to come on the show and share your story. 
No, no problem. All right. Well, you know, you have the you have a UFO encounter story, and I want to jump into that right now. So, you know, let's just start. Where was this? What what year was it? And just take us right into the encounter. Well, it was in 1982, and this would have been North Fort Myers, Florida. Um, we were just moving into a house uh, right off of 41. I think some folks know it as Tamiami Trail. And it's just uh, short of the Caloosahatchee River. And uh, the electric hadn't been turned on in this house. We had just rented it. And so it was late at night, and it was hot. And we were in the car. We had went and got a couple sodas and sitting there listening to the radio. And I seen a light off in the north. And it went from the left to the right at great speed. And it went, I don't know if you've ever used an Etch-a-Sketch, but it went a straight line drop, straight line come back up. And it did this in no time at all. So I, I told my girlfriend, I said, uh, Look how that's flying, you know. And she said, oh, it's a helicopter or something. Well, I know that there is no helicopter that can do that. So I didn't pay any more attention to it. And I imagine within 30 seconds to a minute, our entire area just lit up very bright, blinding bright. I heard a power chunk. And the power, the light went back off. And as I looked back to the north, I seen three white discs what I thought was three white discs. And as it came closer, I seen it was a black triangle. And I was just in the perfect place. Um, I was right where I could see the sides of the triangle in the front of it. And as it passed directly over my head, I lost sight of the sides of it, but I could see the whole underside of it. And I dead up into one of those globes. I've seen some stuff up in those globes and a lot of detail across the bottom. And it passed very slowly, dead silent, and it was huge. And it went over the river and into some thunderheads there in South Fort Myers, some big storm-type clouds. And there was a bright, a bright flash then, too, but I don't know if that was from uh, the clouds or from this uh, this UFO. But that's pretty much you know, the whole thing. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. You said that, uh, you saw this, you saw a, a bright light. Was it, was it like a flash? It, uh, no, I heard a lot, a very loud power crunch and, uh, it just, it just lit up blind and bright and it was an engulfing light. It wasn't like light, you know, like you turn your light bulb on in, on in your living room. <clears throat> It was it was a kind of different. What do you mean by different? Was it like the 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 way the light looked, or was it the way the light reacted to the environment? How, how would you describe it? I can't recall seeing shadows from this, and even when the vehicle passed overhead, you know, it had uh, three globes at each point, and I don't remember seeing any any shadow from that. You know, how when the light passes over something, it it passes at a different angle, and you'll see the You'll see the shadow move, and, you know, I, I didn't see that. Okay. Now, you said about the, the power jump. Uh, can, could you describe that a little bit more? Like, I'm not exactly sure. What do you mean by that? It's, um, if you threw a, 
some switch on, you know, you know, like in the movies where the mad scientist throws the thing to fire up the electric this or that. Right. But this was real. This was real heavy. This had a lot of bass to it, you know. When it did it, it was like real, like a really curt chunk, you know. Hmm. And which, which tells me it's some kind of uh, energy to do that, you know, some kind of. I don't know what it would take to, to do that because this thing was bright. And that only lasted for, like I say, 30 seconds, maybe, and it went back off. Okay. Uh, now, you mentioned these globes. Uh, could you describe those a little bit more? Well, like I say, I looked, I looked dead up into the first one, and uh, the globe, you know, it's a concave globe, and it glowed white. But up in the in the flat part was tubes, and these things are like geometrically perfect. And you see that they they elbowed up into the to the surface, but they were just lined up through there, and they were glowing. They were glowing like a I don't know, like amber, like beer or, or something like that, carnival glass or something of that nature. And um, but you could see them both. You could see the globe was glowing white, and you could see those things were glowing kind of goldish. Wow, so it's very strange. Yeah, I so the globes were glowing white and you said these tubes were more of a goldish color? Yeah, yeah. Now, were the tubes connecting to the globes? No, no, one didn't touch the other. Okay. Was this all underneath the craft as it was passing over? Yeah. Yes, it was. And, and of course, I couldn't see the other two clothes because they were at the, you know, two widest. They were at the widest part in the back. But I did look up in that front one. Okay. How high was it off the ground? Well, the Australian pines there at the driveway, I'd say they had to be 45, 50 feet. And this thing was maybe another 40 feet, 50 feet above that, you know, for a guesstimation. Okay. 100 feet. 100 feet off the ground? Yeah, yeah. And it passed right over you? Right over me. Dead over me. There's, there's nobody can convince me that, you know, I was seeing anything other than what I'm telling you. Sure. Now, when when it passed over you, uh, did you did you feel anything physically? Did, did it affect you at all? You know, uh, I've heard a lot of stuff about people getting radiation burns and uh, feeling, uh, you know, static and all this, but there was nothing. I knew he, you know, the only thing that was disturbing about this was the, uh, the blinding light that it they had put on. Other than that, nothing, no. And I've seen nothing that I would, uh, well, there was no windows when, you know, looking at it when it was first coming at me, being able to see the kind of the front of the triangle. And I couldn't, I didn't see anything that I would describe as a weapon either, that I would know as a weapon. You know, no gun turrets and, you know, laser cannons and all that stuff. Sure. Now, the light, you said it was a blinding light. Now, was it something that had residual effect on you? Did it affect your your, your sight after the event at all? Or was it just in the present? No, no. When it went off, it was just fine. You know, I could see fine. Okay. Now, you said your girlfriend was in the car, right? Yeah, well, she was out. You know, we both had, when we seen it, we both got out of the car and was looking at it. What'd she say after that happened? 
she didn't know what to say. She said uh, she felt that it was something military or, you know, something of that nature or some government project. And, I, and I'm looking at her and I'm going, you know, I, I don't think so because I, I just don't think. It's 1982. We were listening to cassette tapes and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we had Betamax for movies. Uh, I just don't feel that we had that kind of technology. Yeah, I understand that. Now, after this event happened and the the craft left, what what was your reaction to this whole thing? Did it, did it intrigue you to dive into the topic more, or was it something that kind of made you stand off and try to more question what you just encountered? Well, I was astonished and bewildered and amazed, and my curiosity just slammed to the top of, top of my head. I mean, it, it just raised so many questions about, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things. It just, it really, it's a life-changing thing. You know? It's just something that you have to see. Uh, everything that you didn't think uh, was possible is possible. And this thing went against the laws of um, physics and, and, and gravity. I mean, this thing was dead silent. It, you know, and something that big should not be floating. You know, it's supposed to be impossible, and evidently it's not. Right, yeah. It, it makes you question everything that you thought was real, I'm sure. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that stuff, that stuff you've seen in science fiction and comic books, that's not supposed to, that ain't supposed to be real. <laughs> right. Has uh, anybody else claimed to see that craft that night? Do you know? Uh, yes, there was. There was uh, the radio station I had mentioned earlier. I had on the next day, I uh, was going to work, and there was like uh it was twelve or fourteen hundred people had called in and reported this thing. Wow! Is there any official documentation that you've been able to find of it? Like, was there ever an official report written up about this? I, I I don't know if there was anything in the papers or anything like that, but uh, I would imagine if you could find out who this, what the radio station that I was listening to, if it's still in existence. Probably not. Uh, I don't know. If they have, yeah, I. I I wonder if they might have archives. It may, may be in the newspaper down there, but like I say, I, I, uh, I don't. I did, wasn't reading the newspaper then. Sure. And I, I didn't see any sense in you know calling and reporting, reporting it to anybody. I just figured you know, it's here, it's gone. There wasn't a lot I could do about it. And nobody would believe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, well, a lot of people say that actually that the reason why they don't talk about it is because they don't think anybody, anybody would believe them to, even if they said anything. And I just, I find that interesting because I'm the very opposite with that. If, if I were to experience something like that, I probably wouldn't be able to shut up. I'd just be talking about it all the time. And, you know, there's some people that just feel like they don't want to deal with the uh, backlash. Yeah. Yeah. I have talked to some people about it and, uh, you know, you get the comments like you're watching too much Star Trek or what were you drinking, how much did you have to drink, that kind of thing. So I kind of got used to that. But uh, I, kind of, I just felt that it was, uh, it's, in, it's, it's very important that people know that there's something in the night flying over their daggone houses and they don't even know it's there. Right. Now, I'm, I mean, I met you in a Facebook group that was, 
I believe it was a UFO Facebook group. You know, so right. obviously, I guess your interest in the topic is still at a pretty high level that you're in these groups. Um, now, do you know through you know looking into the topic and everything? Do you know if there was a history of UFO, UFO sightings in that area? In uh, Florida here? Yeah, well, in Florida or that specific area that you were at that night. Uh, yeah, they seem to, uh, Florida, both coasts seem to have some some activity. Um, a lot of it's been in the news. Uh, people don't pay much attention to it. And the uh, newscasters, when they report it, they giggle. You know, that's really not, it doesn't get much attention. Right. But uh, I, I guess Gulf Breeze, Florida here, I've never been to Gulf Breeze, but I guess it's, uh, what I hear, it's very active. You know, I, I heard a story once that, and I don't know how true it is, but that there was some kind of, I don't even know how to describe it, but there was some kind of meeting between our government with, uh, you know, our president and, some kind of extraterrestrial life that happened in Florida. And uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard anything like that, but I never knew if that story was true or not, but uh, I found it interesting now because, because Florida does have a lot of UFO sightings and you, you got the part of the Bermuda triangle that touches the, the tip of Florida, if I'm not mistaken. And the, the whole idea of the Bermuda triangle, there's just so much mysterious uh, mystery involved in that area. Um, have you ever heard that story, though? I've heard it. Um, I forget which president it was, uh, Eisenhower or somebody, Roosevelt, somebody like that, uh, was supposed to have had a meeting here. I'm, I'm you know, same place you are with that one. I, I've read a little bit about it, and, you know, I I, I want to know a little bit more about that. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, I know that I heard... What really sounded like our, our members of Congress making a deal with great aliens, and uh, if they were faking it, they had some good ventriloquists uh, mocking these people's voices. <laughs> um, but they were making a deal with uh, extraterrestrials, uh, uh, humans for technology, and I think the, the amount of people was 350000 that they were allowed to take. So... That true or not, I, I, I couldn't answer that. It right. sounds out there, but I can't dismiss it either, not after what I've seen. Sure. Yeah, now that you say that, we're thinking of the same story because I remember hearing that exact thing. Uh, and, you know, whether it's true or not, probably never know. But, um, right. you know, one can speculate when we see how, you know, our government, or not even just the government, but just society in general is so quick to have you believe a certain thing, you know, it makes you, it makes you wonder what the truth really is, you know? It does. It does. Now, from what I understand, we talked, last time we talked, um, you have had this encounter, but you've also had uh, something else that you wouldn't say was an encounter per se, but it was definitely something strange. Would you like to share that? Sure. Why not? Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I was uh, hitchhiking, um, ran into some hard times in Florida and North, you know, South Florida, and uh, decided to get out of there and threw a backpack on and uh, a few things I needed and got up the road. And I believe it was somewhere between uh, 
Ocala and Gainesville on 441. Um, it was an isolated area. There's no stores, no houses, no farmhouses, just nothing out there. Very late. I was very tired. And, uh, it was kind of a, it's getting cold. And we had a, like this damp mist blowing around, and that was making me very wet and cold. And I seen a, uh, a brook, a little overpass went over a brook, and I seen some where they had laid in some of these uh, around boulders and gravels, and I seen plenty of dead falling. I thought, well, I'll just build myself a little fire right there. So I did, and I laid down next to it, and about the time I was ready to pass out, you know, there, and very tired, I heard six or eight of these very hard stomps back in the foliage. And they were hard. These things, whatever it was, was on two feet, and it was just breaking the crap out of some branches. And the last two steps was in that brook. I heard it go splash, splash. And these were heavy footsteps. And the water, I could hear it running around the ankles of this thing. So I immediately, of course, jumped up, and out of my curiosity, I went to the edge of the brook, and looked back up in the woods, up in that canopy, and I couldn't see anything. I didn't smell anything. Nothing grunted at me. I didn't see any glowing eyes, nothing like that. But whatever that was, it was standing on two legs, and it was not a man. And, of course, it scared the devil out of me, and I kicked the fire out real quick and got up the road. So it was, it was pretty scary. <laughs> I didn't want to go. I was tired. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, when that happened and stuff, uh, you, you didn't see anything, but did you uh, happen to smell anything? Because I know down in Florida they call it the skunk ape, which, you know, is the Bigfoot down there. Uh, did you happen to smell anything? No, I didn't. But there, like I say, it was getting windy and we had that, that fog, so that might have been a situation maybe it just wasn't, you know, blowing the odor uh, towards me. Sure, but, sure. Uh, it was it, it was really quiet. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't making any noises or throwing any rocks at me or nothing like that. And, you know, I kind of thought, well, maybe that, you know, went to my mind, maybe that was a sheriff. But uh, there, a sheriff would have just pulled up there and, and checked it, pulled up there and checked me out right there on the road because I wasn't far from the road. And uh, and there's no farms out there, so it wouldn't have been a farmer. And our bears here, they don't get that big and, and they don't like getting out in the cold anyhow. Right. Well, uh, that's definitely interesting. I mean, yeah, you can't say what it is, but um, when you describe certain elements that, you know, it was very big, walking on two feet, it kind of starts narrowing down, you know, what your options are as far as what it could actually be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I was raised on a farm a better part of my life. Yeah, and I've worked with 1,000-pound hogs and different things, so I know when, when something steps on the ground what that weight sounds like, you know? Right. I do have a sense of that, and this was, this was uh, when it was walking through the woods, the first few steps there, uh, it wasn't just breaking twigs, it was breaking branches. Hmm. That's really interesting. You know, I... I run a, a Bigfoot group, uh, a Pennsylvania Sasquatch research. And so the whole idea of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you know, skunk ape, grass man, whatever you want to call it, it just, it totally fascinates me. And so when, when you tell me that story, you know, my first reaction is I'm trying to figure out 
what could it be? You know, that's not Sasquatch. But then when you say that you're so sure on how big it is because of, you know, your knowledge of, you know, different native animals to that area. And then on top of it, the fact that you said it was walking on two feet, it just kind of, in my mind, it just kind of shrinks down the list to, you know, one or two different things. And, uh, yeah, it just makes yeah. You wonder. It, it, yeah. It, it, to me, you know, it just points at one thing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And like I say, I've, I've heard a lot of encounters like that, and I don't know if you've ever heard, um, and I guess this has been some time ago, but there's a story about uh, some Indian tribe around the uh, yeah, Canada or the Virginias or someplace like that, that uh, these things were supposed to be coming in to their to their uh, camps, their villages, and uh, stealing small children and running off with them. And these Indians... Uh, I guess uh, all got together and went out and started hunting them and they hunted them uh, until these things decided, you know, as big and scary as they was, they couldn't deal with the Indians and the Indian arrows and things like that, their technology. And it, it pushed them, they pushed them back up into the hills, basically never to come back down. So that truth, no, I don't know, but, uh, it is, it is uh Indian legend, you know, how they pass, they don't write stuff down, they pass it through, you know, the generations of their stories. Right. Yeah. And I've heard that before. And, you know, one thing that I say a lot is I really think that we as a society don't put enough credit into what, uh, ancient people say. I think that we generally think, well, we have computers, we have smartphones, we have all this technology, so we're just smarter than what they were back then. And I don't think that's necessarily true. And I don't think that we should just dismiss what they have to say about what happened, you know, hundreds of years ago. I think that we should Why? possibly sit on it a little bit longer and comprehend and collect our thoughts as to what they're actually saying, because I don't think everything should be just dismissed without really actually thinking about it. Yeah, and folks describe things differently then because they, you know, their terminologies and things was different, you know. Sure. Now, let me ask you a question, kind of backtracking a little bit here. So, we covered your story where you saw a UFO in great detail. You saw this thing. And yes, I did. Now you have this uh, other story where you don't know what it was, but, you know, it's possible that it could be some kind of Sasquatch. Um, now, these two topics, what do you think they are? Let's just start with Bigfoot. What do you think Bigfoot is? Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure. I, if they say I, I've never seen, you know, I've seen photos and different fuzzy. It's kind of like the UFO thing. They, everything's fuzzy. Um, but if, if it is Bigfoot and it, it has humanish features, as they say, I would think that that, that may be something that uh, maybe from the Neanderthal times when uh, Pro-Magnum or Pro-Magnum, if I'm saying that right, uh, you know, basically were killing off the Neanderthal, that they may have gotten back up. Maybe they, maybe they 
uh, ran to the hills, and uh, we evolved, and these things evolved. So that's about uh, that's my analogy of it, and about as close as I can come to figure out why something like that would exist. You know. Sure. Now, what do you think UFOs are? Now, that's a very broad question, and feel free to answer it in many different ways if you feel ne- the necessity, the need to do so. Um, but what do you think UFOs are? Well, I'm going to have to go with what I've seen. I just don't believe that that is our technology. And uh, if there's, I, I, like I say, there's no windows, nothing like that in this thing. So I didn't get to see who or what flying it was flying it. If anything, uh, it, you know, we send probes out. We're sending probes out to Pluto. So maybe this is somebody's probe. I don't know. Um, but I don't think it's ours. I, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of go along with, uh, I think it was Stan Friedman or somebody like that that uh, said if you gave uh, Columbus a nuclear submarine and an unlimited budget and told him to build another submarine, could he do it? And, of course, the answer to that is no. And I don't believe we've done it either. We may be messing with it. We might have a crack or two, but this was 1982. You know, like I say, we were listening to cassette tapes then. So I just don't believe, I know a lot of folks think we've reversed technology out of Roswell, and and we may have, but this, this wasn't a test vehicle. This was a working craft, proven and tested. And if it was a government uh, thing, you know, a military or whatever, I, I just don't see why they would be flying it around major cities in the middle of the night. That yeah. just makes no sense to me. So I'm going with the, I'm leaning, I'm leaning real hard. I'm not saying that, that it's not possible that it couldn't be ours, but I'm kind of leaning towards not. So my next question would be more of a an assessment. I guess then you you do believe that, you know, aliens are out there. There's other beings outside of this world that exists. I believe so. And I believe they've been uh, here for a very long time and possibly maybe uh, involved in uh, some of the uh, governments of, uh, you know, the superpowers. Yeah, let me ask you about that. You said you think that they've been here for a long time. So you, and I've heard this before, so it's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, so you believe that not only do they come and visit this world, but that they actually inhabit this world. I, I believe so. I mean, I, you know, um, I've seen this thing. It went across the river. And I haven't seen it since, though. So. You know, I got to ask the question, where did it go? Sure. You know, it went somewhere. And another question I, I, that's crossed my mind is, like I say, this thing was big. It was like it was like the size of a football stadium. That had to be built and manufactured somewhere. So where would that have been, you know, and what kind of facility would that be? It right. had to be huge. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, if it's the size of a football stadium, I mean, you know, I'm 45 minutes west of Philadelphia and I drive tractor trailer for a living. I do a lot of driving into the city and I pass the Philadelphia Eagles stadium all the time. That place is huge. 
And so if, if, right. if you saw something flying over your head, a hundred feet off the ground, that it was even resembling the size of that stadium, there, there, <laughs> I, I can't imagine what the facility looks like that would be uh, housing such a craft and let alone building one if it was built yeah. here. It would have to be immense. Absolutely. Which reminds me, actually, I believe that when we first met, it was on a thread on Facebook because somebody posted pictures about a UFO that they said was coming out of the, out of the water. Is that where we met? Right. Yes. Yes. Do you think that these crafts might be actually in in the water? Do you think that that's a possibility where they actually go into the water and that's where they stay when they're not in flight? Because, you know, we inhabit the land, but I believe it's 75% of the, the earth is covered in water. And they just discovered recently that 90% of the earth's water is actually inside the earth. So do you think that's a possibility? That's a distinct possibility. Um, uh, I've kind of read up on some stuff like that, and there's uh, ships captains and, uh, uh, you know, people on fishing boats, you know, commercial fishing boats and things like that. It's uh, to see these things coming in and out of the water, in and out of the water. Uh, even Columbus has a, in a report in his log has a uh, sighting of a UFO coming out of the water. Is that right? Yes, sir. Wow, I've That's never in heard his that. Log. It's, in, it's in his logs. It's his words. I'm going to have to check up on that. That's really cool. I've never heard that before. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Art, do you have anything else you'd like to share? Well, uh, no, I think that pretty much covered it. Well, I want to really, you know, let you know I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing, you know, your UFO encounter, and then just your little side story where you right. think you might have come across a possible Sasquatch. I mean, these stories are great, and I really appreciate you just coming on and being willing to share it with the audience. Well, I, I appreciate you having me on, uh, Tony. And uh, the reason, actually, uh, that I'm, I'm doing this is that I just feel that I, I know there's a lot of folks out there that are dealing with a lot of fake videos and pics and this and that. And for those people that may not believe that this is going on, I just feel that it is very, very important that they know that this is truth, that this is a real phenomenon, and this is happening. That's to me, I, you know, I'm 60, almost 64 years old, and this was in 1982. So this was my chance to get that out there, and I do appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm really glad you came on and shared with us. And uh, if you ever have any other sighting or anything you'd like to share with me, feel free to get a hold of me. I'll sure do it, Tony. All right, Art. I'll talk to you later. All right. You have a good night. All right. Bye. Well, that's the show, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed it. Art, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I can't imagine what it's like living over 30 years with that kind of story and never being able to share it on any kind of platform. And I'm really glad that The Confessionals was able to provide that platform. Before we get out of here, I want to give a quick shout out to Tracy Halderman. He sent me a message on Facebook and it said, I listened to this podcast yesterday and couldn't get enough of it. For the first time since I've been listening to the podcast, I actually listened to it a second time. Great and interesting work. Tracy, I can't tell you how much that means to me. 
every week I put into this show, trying to make sure it's a show that people want to come back to week after week. And the fact that you listen to one episode twice in a row, that means the world to me, man. I really appreciate it. Well, with that said, I really hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope you have a great week. Here in Pennsylvania, the weather is absolutely beautiful. So tomorrow afternoon, I think I'm going to go up in the mountains, go for a hike, and find me a Bigfoot. I'll see you guys next week. It was huge.